welcome everyone to Authors on the Air. I'm your host, Pam Stack. With me is, I know, one of your favorite writers and certainly one of my friends and favorite writers, Russell Blake. Hi, Russell. Welcome back. Hey, Pam. Pleasure to be there. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I think everybody knows you from writing all your your fast action fiction books, Jet and Dan and all the rest of those books. And I don't know that most people realize you have written some nonfiction. Um, you wrote a book about dogs and you wrote a, a kind of a funny book about writing. And now you have a new book out called Expat Secrets expat secrets of mexico i'm going to try to show it i don't know if it shows up very well on my screen probably not there it is yeah there it is i have the i have the ebook um uh tell me why you wrote this book i know you love being in mexico and but you also have been a world traveler and you decided to make mexico your home why did you do that and why did you write the book well it it's it's it was a labor of love because I had started writing just impressions as I traveled around Mexico. I moved here, what, almost 18 years ago now. So I've spent a lot of my life outside of the United States. In fact, if you count the, the time that I lived in Europe, probably almost a third of my life now has been spent outside of the U.S. So um, when I decided to move to Mexico, I'd sold my company. I had a medical company and I sold it at a fairly young age. And I was looking at places that I would have a better quality of life than mm -hmm. in the United States. Right. And there were two places that really called to me that I'd visited a lot. The first was Melbourne, Australia. And I loved Australia because it's the world capital of eating and drinking. The wine is amazing. Um, and the people are very, very nice. And but it's a long schlep. It's like 14 hours from California. Um, right. You know, if the headwinds are cooperating. <laughs> right. Yeah, which is both a, you know probably a positive and a negative depending on how you feel about your family and friends. But right. um, the, the the other place I was really familiar with was Cabo San Lucas because. I lived in Southern California and Cabo is really for Southern California, like a long weekend destination. You know, you'd hop on a plane and in Friday morning or Friday afternoon and you'd be in Cabo in two hours. So it's, it's kind of like San Diego South in a way. So it was very familiar. It wasn't real Mexico, but yeah, and I'd been there probably 50 times by the time I decided to give it, you know, Hey, let's try this for six months see how it goes you know and if i like it yay if not you know it's not like like uh, i can't just pack my bags and go someplace else right so i i moved to cabo on a on a you know trial basis and wound up there for 12 years um i think one time when we were speaking it was when the hurricane hit you had yeah just with you with you howie with you with yeah um for those of you who don't know uh, Russell and I have known each other for a long time. Not only has he been one of my favorite guests, he's been on multiple times, but he's also hosted the show once with Hugh Howie and probably one of the best interviews I ever had with James Lee Burke. So um, I'm familiar with where Russell goes just because we keep in touch with each other. So you you were on Cabo when the hurricane hit, um, hanging on yeah. by a thread. Oh, deal. Yeah. In it, fact, I was on the air as the first band started to come in. It's just crazy. And, and being the trooper you are, you stayed and finished the show. 
And we lost power about 45 minutes later and it didn't come back on for three and a half weeks. Your house was pretty badly damaged then, right? No, actually, you know, I mean, it's, it's it, a big hurricane like that is, is unusual because I've been through a bunch of, you know, category ones, category twos, and they weren't, you know, they, there was wind and rain and, but I had hurricane protection up on all my windows. So I'm prepared for it, but nothing really prepares you for a category five with three tornadoes in it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, yeah, it's basically 175 mile per hour sustained winds yes. for three hours each, you know, and then the eye passes over and, and then, then you get it again from right. the opposite side. You get the dirty and, side after it passes the first time. Yeah. And, and when, you know, when you can use numbers, but the way I, the way I like to explain it to people that have never been through one is imagine sitting on the wing of a jet on takeoff. And imagine that for three hours. Yeah. I, I, you know, we, where I live, we just went through Hurricane Ian. And yeah. I was, when I was in my, <laughs> went through Hurricane Andrew. So I am familiar with hurricanes. When you lived in Cabo, was that one of your reasons for moving? Um, well, no, there was, there were a couple of reasons. One was after that. Yeah. I was like, you know, I never want to go through this again. I mean, yes, I'm, I'm completely prepared. I have a generator. I have, right. you know, all the protection. I, my house is well built because I built it. So right. um, I was confident in the construction. But, you know, the place next door to me sustained about a half million dollars worth of damage. So right. it's just, you know, some of it's luck of the draw, some of it's construction it integrity. Sure. Um, but yeah. And I was kind of like, you know what, I'm not sure I ever, this is a supposedly fun thing I will never do again, to quote. Yeah. yeah. Favorite author of mine. So, so I, I, I started looking for other places that on mainland that were more inland and that had better weather because frankly, Cabo can get brutally hot in the summer. And is you know, that what you, led you to keeping notes about all the places you visited looking for yeah, a place to live for yourself? That and also um, I was just, you know, Mexico is a huge country. I mean, most yes. people don't realize that. It's about, what, 115 million people. It's the 11th largest economy in the world. Like, you know, most people think of it as, as you know, a really poor country. And, yeah, 70% of the population lives in abject poverty and it's terrible. But it's not because it's there's not enough money. It's because the money is concentrated in the hands, and this might sound familiar to people in the United States. Most of the money is concentrated in the hands of a very few people, of the elites. The elites. And um, so you said the northern part of Mexico is the most unsafe part. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, because look at the border. I mean, the largest, the largest market for illegal drugs in the world is the United States. So... Right. Obviously, any place that you could traffic the drugs across the border is going to be a highly contested area between warring factions. So if you have a country where people, you know, the average person, I want to say, makes $350 a month. Wow. So if you have a country like that and you have a product that has a thousand percent margin, yeah, you're going to have you're going to have people willing to kill each other over that. Right. So you, mm, you kind that of makes my, sense. Yeah. My advice is stay away from from within, you know, I like to say maybe a couple of hundred miles of the border because you're walking into a, a pseudo war zone. 
I mean, right. TJ. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. So what I found really interesting in your book is that not only do you give the locations you think are most palatable and enjoyable and comfortable, you also talk about visas and taxes and sales tax and licenses and whether you want to rent or want to, whether you want to own. It's a very detailed um, book right down to the fact that it's not worth it to ship your furniture in your car. <laughs> you know, no, even though finding a good car might a little used car might be difficult. Um, but you settled on some places that you were a favorite and Guadalajara was one of them and Colima was one of them. And I have to tell you, I'm very fascinated by Colima. Um, the, the, so describe that city for me, please. Well, um, Colima is, I want to say the total population of the metro and surrounding areas is maybe 350,000. Wow. And it's about, I don't know, about a 30-mile drive to the beach. So it's up in the, the hills. It's up in the foothills. I, I want to say it's around 1,800 to 2,500 um, feet of elevation. Um, and it's small enough to where you have the small town, nobody drives fast, there really isn't much traffic, you know, everybody kind of knows each other after living there for a few years. Um, so you have that sense of community that you really don't get in large cities unless it's like in, you know, little enclaves. Yes. Like in New York, everybody knows each other within a six block radius. Maybe. But, maybe. Yeah, maybe. If they walk, because they walk everywhere and they see each other and they're all in, you know, show business or whatever it is that they do, Wall Street. Um, But, you know, Colima is, 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 is just the perfect size for me because it has all the amenities and all of the modern conveniences that I want. Um, Describe some of those things. What are high speed internet? Okay. High speed internet, good hospitals. Uh, I'm a foodie, so great restaurants is a big deal. Um, micro so those, breweries me, are those nice. Those of you who don't know, Russell also uh, is a restaurateur, so and a wine connoisseur, and a tequila connoisseur, and not the, <laughs> not the rot gut kind. I want to tell you, but that's but a nice I, way to say a fat drunk. But okay, <laughs> <laughs> not fat at all, my friend. <laughs> but yeah, you, I got that that filter that pulls. <laughs> <laughs> so can so the food is good there is it food's ex- great is it expensive to eat there not nah, dirt cheap in fact you know friends of mine that come down you know i used to get that all the time from my american canadian friends which is oh you're so brave to have left the u.s it's just you know i, I could never do it and i'm kind of like if i miss something in the last 18 years because right. I don't feel like it right. and I eat extremely well. And, you know, I obviously probably drink too much and <laughs> I have, you know, I'm building a house right now. That's, I want to say 6,000 square feet, you know, that's a, a, a contemporary, like a Bauhaus minimalist modern place on a golf course, like on wow. the fairway. Wow. Um, and the cost of living here is probably between 20 and 25% of what it would be in any decent area of the United States. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Like beers a buck, buck and a quarter in a bar, like between a buck and a buck and a quarter. Um, that's my beer index. I just look at oh, what does it cost? What does it cost to have a really nice breakfast with coffee and tip and everything? And the answer is about $4 per person, wow. you know, in a nice place. 
So, so dinner for, for two people, including a bottle of wine at a steak restaurant with a, you know, a, more than one pound steak cooked perfectly uh, with dessert might come to $25, $28 per person. Wow. And that's, you know, white gloves and, you know, sure. tablecloth. So it's just, it's kind of about the same pricing as the U.S. was in maybe 1980. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Russell, what is the most expensive thing about Colima? Well, probably where I live, because, I mean, it's got a homeowners association and, you know, it's an 18 hole golf course. I don't play golf. I don't I mean just the live. cost of housing. I'm saying, is it expensive for gasoline? Is it expensive no. for Internet, for cell phone? No, I think I think we pay 25 bucks a month for Internet. Wow. Um, for fiber. Um, internet, I want to say water winds up costing 15 bucks a month and you can drink the water and I mean, certainly in our community because it comes out of three wells. So there's no contamination. Right. Um, gas, you know, propane for your stove maybe comes to 10 or $15 a month. Uh, I'd say probably the most expensive thing is probably health care, but I, I need to put that in perspective. Uh, a friend of mine had to go to the the emergency room about a month ago and he was seen within two minutes and the visit cost $35. So, wow. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's so that's the most expensive thing about now, living. Do you have a health insurance system there in Mexico? Yes, there, there is. There's both private and public, but I, I don't bother. I just self-insure. In other words, I just put money away every year sure. um, because, because I'll give you another example. A client of mine, who I built a house for here on the golf course, just had to have gallbladder surgery. And that was two or three days in the hospital, obviously the surgery, the anesthesiologist, the private room, et cetera, et cetera. And it cost him two grand at, the, at a private, the best private hospital in Colima. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, so, so the point is insurance, at least as done as performed in the United States, excuse me for a second. Um, performed in the United States is is really a way of augmenting big pharma and big health. Sure. So it's it's a good rule of thumb is that any procedure in in Mexico at a first class hospital, oftentimes with American trained physicians, because, you know, the, the sort of children of the elite that become physicians here will go and spend a couple of years at Harvard Medical School you know, to finish up their, their education. So sure. um, it will cost between five and 10 times less than the same procedure in the United States. Um, so for, for Americans or anybody else for that matter, looking to go and find rental property or retire in Mexico, your number one place is Colima, whereas another place well, yeah, Kalima, I'll give you an example. Building the house, I, I'm right now I'm in a three-bedroom home in a gated community, two-story home, um, and I pay $450 a month. <laughs> right? So, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's like, are you kidding me? But another, another good place, um, you know, I really love Zapopan, which is a northern suburb of Guadalajara. It's a very, it's sort of a, you know, gentrified, very wealthy area. Of, but when I say wealthy, it's like Beverly Hills wealthy. Like you see Lamborghinis and Rolls Royces and sure. all of that, you know. 
But even that is probably 60% cheaper than the United States. Is there a large expat community in Mexico? And do you Oh, know it's huge, many? but it depends on where. Ah. Now, you know, for me, I don't really, you know, I mean, I don't really enjoy the company of large numbers of Americans or Canadians. Um, I try to immerse myself more in the local culture. But by the same token, I'm probably somewhat elitist because, you know, I don't want to live in a hovel with chickens running around and dirt roads and stuff. So somewhere between super rustic and I want to have a nice meal and I want a competent physician and a good, you know, emergency room and, you know, nice streets, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, somewhere between that's what I look for and I try to explain that in the book if you're looking for how to live in Mexico for a thousand dollars a month this isn't the book I mean you can do it but it's just not my thing so I'm looking more at how can a couple you know once you own a home you know how could you have a really nice life for maybe 25 to 30 grand as a couple Um, and, and it's very doable in all of the areas I talk about Zapopan maybe a little harder because it's a wealthier community. So naturally prices, you know, are higher because it's very desirable. Um, But there's, there's a ton of really nice places in Mexico. I mean, again, it's a huge, what do you want? Do you want, you know, do you want heat and humidity in the Caribbean sea? Great. (laughs) There's a whole thing over on the Caribbean side. Yes, Do you want, you know, mountains? Do you want perfect springtime weather all year long? Great. There's a whole bunch of places like that. Do you want Puerto Vallarta and the Pacific coast and that whole, you know, kind of endless summer vibe? Got a bunch of those. And do you like Baja? Do you like the cantina town, you know, endless partying, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, once you get out of Cabo in that area, the very tranquil sort of you won't see anyone for an hour on the beach. Right. It's got that. It's just so for me, it's just it had enough enough areas in relatively close proximity that I could get anything I wanted. I could have the the like Colima has a lot of outdoor cafes and, you know, sidewalk restaurants, which I really like. I like that about Argentina, too. You know, you can go and sit and have a cup of of coffee for an hour and a half and watch the world go by. And it's very verdant. There's trees everywhere. So, it's you know, I like that. But if I want to go you know, stay at the Hyatt Andaris in a five-star hotel and eat at, you know, just world-class and renowned gourmet restaurants, I can drive to Guadalajara in two hours and I can do that for three days. So to me, it had the perfect combination of, you know, beach, because again, the shore is 30 miles away, and big city, Guadalajara is the second largest city in Mexico, it's population 7 million. So it's got everything you Very would expect modern a, too, a isn't modern, it? large. Very modern. Super, it depends on where, but yeah, super modern. I mean, super modern. Like I posted pictures on my, my Facebook and, you know, it's 35-story glass towers. I mean, it looks like Hong Kong or, you know, Panama or something. Yeah, I, I don't think people anticipate Singapore. that. They they are expecting something more aligned uh more cantina like you like you said earlier but yeah cactus burrows guys in sombreros yeah i get it and there is that there's lots of that sure if that's what you're looking you can drive to the town of 
Yeah, if you if if you want that, you can go to the town of Tequila, where Tequila comes from, and it's a forty minute drive from Guadalajara. So yeah, and it's very colonial. It's got the square with the four hundred year old church, and you know all everything's painted orange and red, and you know it's got the very colonial experience. So you can that's San Miguel de Allende, by the way, that picture there, which yep. is another popular destination. Yes, it is. So, I actually so have a, the, I have a painting it's just got a from, lot of, from when I was there, so I have it in my other room, as a matter of fact. almost. It, it probably hasn't changed, except there's a much larger expat. Right, now. right. This Huge is Russell expat, Blake, um, my friend and um, best-selling author. You know him for the Jet series and for the Day After Never series and endless other books. The new This new nonfiction work is Expat Secrets of... Mexico. You can get the book uh, either in print or e on Amazon. Kindle. On Amazon, right? Yes. So, thank you very much. Are you going to come back and host one day? One day. One day. I mean, I've got what seventy-five books out, something like that by now. So when I start really slowing down, um, I'll have more time on my <laughs> but hands. But you're not writing at the pace you were earlier in your writing career. You've slowed down on that, haven't you? No, I. You know, if you're going to turn out ten good quality novels, and it's arguable how good, but okay, um, per year, you're going to be spending about twelve hours a day, seven days a week, year round. To maintain that production, so but you're not, I did you're that. Not I want to say for no, I did that for seven or eight years, right. and that's it's just mm -hmm. you know, do you want to work to live or live to work? Well, that's true. That's true. How about neither? How about just live, and never mind the working? You just got to enjoy your life. You know, right? I, I blame my parents for not, you know, for not being born rich, and <laughs> <laughs> I've never forgiven them. <laughs> Well, I don't know if everybody, and I guess people must know that you are also a home designer and contractor, that you're, I have seen some of your work. It's exceptional. It's beautiful. So multi-talented Russell Blake. Russell, you and I will talk again. Well, thank you. Thank you for being with me. I hope so. Yeah, we will. Thank and you I hope, for having me. It's I always hope, a pleasure. I'm always happy to see you. And I hope I'll see you next year in Colima. Thank I you, hope, I hope you come down. I will. I will. If I leave out of Miami, it's actually a good deal for me. So I'm, I I'll will. And we'll talk about it, okay? Thank Perfect. you, everybody, for being with me. Thank you, Russell Blake. And happy holidays to everybody. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Oh,